Father, we thank Thee for being gracious to us, to revealing Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to each and every one of us. We thank Thee, Father, that Thou hast provided a place for us to gather, as Thou hast been faithful since 1947, where there were brothers and sisters that found a need to spend a week in Your Word and to focus all their attention upon Thee. And we too, Father, today, as a new week comes upon us, would like to do the same with that same vision to glorify Thee and to bring souls unto repentance. We pray a blessing, Father, upon this new week and upon Thy Word even in this evening hour, that Thou would speak to us, prepare our hearts as to receiving Thy Word, and that we, Father, would not be negligent and neglect the grace and the mercy so divine. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I was excited about the theme because it encompasses the Christian life. And without grace, you and I would not be here. But without you and I realizing the blackness of sin and the detriment that it does to our eternal being, we would not come to grace. So let's turn our hearts together in the book of Romans. And I appreciate Paul's letter to the Romans. And we will be going to and fro through some of the chapters. But our text would be from Romans chapter 5. I wish to read the entire chapter and give utterance as the Spirit would give us. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not, only, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died. For the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, which more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Therefore, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all 
have sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so was the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free grip, the free gift, came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, even so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it was said, loved ones, for us to understand what grace is. Because many of us have heard of the term grace. We've heard of the term mercy, compassion. We hear and understand that God is all of these things. But unless you understand what grace is, then you cannot appreciate the love of God. Some of us say, well, the love of God is great. The love of God covers a multitude of sins. The love of God caused Jesus to die for me. Yes, He did. Yes, the love of God caused all these things. But unless you are able to partake of grace, you cannot inherit eternal life. Unless you understand what grace is. For scripture tells us that that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. And moreover that the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. When we understand the blackness and the darkness of sin, that is when we can appreciate the blood of Christ. So many of us know the blood of Christ. So many of us have heard of the blood of Christ. So many of us have seen the transfiguration of men, the transformation, the metamorphosis that takes place in hearts of men. 
but have not experienced it because we do not see ourselves as sinners. The world has made that very convenient for us. Satan had told us, you know what? You're not so bad of a person. We don't see ourselves as doing anything wrong anymore. Society tells us that we need to be confident in ourselves. Society tells us that we need to be comfortable with who we are. And we thus become comfortable with who we are. But then in doing such things, we do not understand the reality and the ugliness and the darkness of sin that causes the separation from man to God. God realized that. He acknowledged that. And not only through His acknowledgement, He provided a way. He understand that he understood that what we had done, our forefathers in the Garden of Eden, he pronounced to them a judgment that follows us even today and will until time is no more. The judgment that was pronounced was death here upon this earth. You and I were made to live forever. You and I were made to glorify God. You and I were created to talk and walk with God in the cool of the evening. But that all changed. That all changed when sin entered into the picture. Sin entered into the picture by the one that speaks to you tonight and that spoke to you last week. And he's going to continue to speak to you as long as you listen. And he tells you everything's going to be all right. Don't worry. Be happy. The man that penned those words committed suicide. Remember that. Loved ones, if you tonight are sitting in a pew and you can't see your sin and Satan has blocked your vision, you must pray that God would take off the scales from your eyes, that He will show you. He will. He desires to. He's written in the first chapter of this book. In verse 17, he says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against the ungod all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not. As God, neither were thankful. But they became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing them to be wise, they became fools. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. 
Wherefore, God also gave them up to the uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this, God, for this cause God gave them up to vile affections for their own women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burning their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, malicious, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Peer pressure, it's a powerful thing. Extremely powerful. I've experienced it, still do in the business world. You've experienced it, and you still experience it. And somehow you find yourself in August... And you're figuring school's going to begin by the end of the month. And the pressure's on because homecoming's coming up. You don't want to be the nerd that doesn't go. Prom night will be coming up. You don't want to be the weird one without a date. There are pressures that are coming up and you don't know how to deal with it. The easiest thing to do is to cave. The easiest thing to do is go along and do it because it makes everybody else feel comfortable. So it must be the right thing. Yet within the back of your mind, you understand that it is wrong. You understand and desire grace. Maybe it's then that you can see the, the vile of, the, of, of sin, the blackness, the terror, and the eternal separation that it would cause. Some of you tonight would even think, well, you know, um, this sin thing is not so bad of an idea. Uh, it's, it's okay. Um, God's going to forgive us and His grace is going to cover a lot of my sin and I can just continue to do my thing and, uh, well... Uh, God will still be my, be my buddy and he'll, he'll save me in the end. Is that what Scripture tells us? Is that what Scripture tells us or is that what Satan's trying to tell us? That force is real. The force is powerful. The force is seeking you out. Not the force, the person. He's whispering in your ear. He's whispering to your friends. And you feel the guilt. And the guilt is heavy. 
loved ones, unless you've taken a trip, walked up a hill called Golgotha, unless you've looked up to a piece of wood that is nailed in a cross position, and he that is nailed to it, unless you can appreciate and come to terms with your own self that Jesus Christ is the perfect image of grace. If you can't do that, may God have mercy on your soul. God knew the separation and he provided a way, a more excellent way. He gave us his gift that through you and I, through the appreciation of his death on the cross, his atoning blood, unless you and I appreciate his death in place of ours, for we deserved to die in like manner. You and I deserve to die in life eternal, in hell. For there are two facets of life eternal. Eternal damnation and eternal glory. And when we can see Jesus upon a cross, when we can look up and say, Thank you for taking my place. I'm sorry for for the blackness of the errors of my ways. Because what grace does, it does so much more than mercy. It does so much more than compassion. It encompasses all that and so much more. It tells us that what we deserve, it will all be overlooked. Mercy tells us a lesser sentence. Grace tells us it will all be overlooked. I will take you in as my adopted son, as my adopted daughter. But my grace is free. My grace, as Apostle Paul said, is sufficient. It's enough to cover your sin and mine. Some of us here tonight might say, you know, my sin is so, so heavy. It's so much. How can God even want to have anything to deal with me? But it is because of you that he gave his son. It is because of you that he offers his gift. It is because of you and the ugliness of your sin and your life that he willingly offered his son. He willingly gave his son to sinful men who laughed in scorn and spat upon his face, who willingly pressed upon his forehead a crown of thorns that caused blood to drip from his forehead. Who willingly, God, willing and allowing his son in a gentle manner to reach out his hands far apart and to allow spikes to be driven in his hand. And as he would think, what do you think went through Jesus' mind when he experienced that? He could have called 10,000 angels. 
He could have eliminated that whole scene and, and been redeemed by God. But he thought of you and you and you and you and you. And with you in mind, he endured. And as in the spikes going into his feet, and as the cross was propped up, it dropped into a hole. It was not placed gently because the Roman soldiers did not care because that was the vilest way of torture of the day. And as the cross came down in a thud, the pressure on his hands and his feet became more intense. And as his blood dripped from his hands, his elbows, his armpits, at that time, grace appeared. Grace revealed itself to mankind on a, on a lonely hill in a desert city. Grace revealed itself in a binder called the Holy Bible. Grace revealed itself when mankind changes their lives from a sinful being to one who has regenerated his life. Not he himself, but God through him. That grace still abounds. And where your sin is multiplied, grace did much more. And it continues. And it continues. And it continues. And Apostle Paul identified himself with that in Romans chapter 7. And loved ones, when you get a chance during this week, read through this book. It will identify, it will point out to you, it will direct you grace. It will point and it will identify whose servant you are, that one whom you serve. It will show you, it will convince you, and it will impute upon your heart the love of God if your heart is ready. Apostle Paul says in chapter 7, verse 17, Now then it is no more that I that did it, but sin that dwell in me. For I know that I in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not. But the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that which I would not, it is no more that I that do it. But the sin that dwelleth in me. We see the struggle that we all fight. We can identify with, with the wrestling of our own souls. I find then a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. I see something else that's stirring inside me. I see something else that is a little bit different than what I used to be. Warring against the law of my mind. The battle rages and the battle is heavy. And although some look at you and see nothing, Yet God looks at you and sees the struggle. And bringing me into captivity by the law of sin which is in my members. And the Apostle Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? 
cannot you and I express ourselves in this manner? But then Paul says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. I thank God because of grace. The grace has appeared. That grace has appeared. And then if we continue our reading in Romans chapter 6, says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may continuously abound? And then Paul says, God forbid. God forbid. How can anyone... Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized unto his death? Don't you realize the appreciation that you had for Christ upon a cross? Would that stimulate you? Would that motivate you to continue in sin so that his death would continuously abound and abound and abound? God forbid. But loved ones in the appreciation of grace, We must see Jesus. We must see Jesus. Through the clouds of confusion, we must see Him. Through the clouds of the fog, we must see Him. Through the cloud of peer pressure, we must see Him. Because He is our grace. His love is our grace. His death upon the cross displayed and paid the cost that was mine. That was mine. That was yours. That was yours. I don't need to experience any longer. I don't have to fear any longer. I don't have to be afraid any longer because grace has appeared. Has grace appeared in your life? Is grace evident in your life? Because grace, the the acknowledgement of Christ's blood, the shed blood, faith in Christ's shed blood is what motivates us to change our lifestyle that motivates us to cease from sin, to change that ugliness, that blackness that is within our hearts. It causes us to open our hearts and bring in the light. Some of us only do it halfway because it hurts too much. It causes too much pain because we pained others. But Jesus didn't go half-heartedly on the cross. He gave all that he can. He can't give you any more. He can't offer you anything better. He can't offer you something that you can touch. But he can offer you something you can feel within your heart. May the Lord grant grace, His grace, to each one of us to open our eyes, to see our hearts, to come to appreciate His grace 
because he gives you his best because you are important because he loves you because he wants you to follow him because he's called you I pray this week that you hear him so that his grace would make himself known to you that it may abound. By whom we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Would you share with me in the glory of God?